So all this week, I have been thinking about money. I have been thinking about abundance. And so I'd like to define for you the phrase abundance and what it has come to mean to me. Episode 208, how much do you need to achieve financial abundance? You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With more than 2 million listens and downloads and growing every week, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention, and Jason, uh, you're, you, we've been talking for the last several weeks that you are going to do a gathering to give it all away. Yep. And you've got an update for us on that concept. So first time listeners, um, the idea is, is that Jason wants to empower as many people as possible with all of his knowledge. And he wants to do it by giving it away. Yep. Yep. Uh, so let me put some more meat in the bones. I was inspired uh, by uh, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, who I was recently with in Toronto, Canada, who made a similar decision uh, and is well underway in his effort. And I had been, you and I had talked about this probably a year ago, I think the first time we had the discussion. And I said that at some point in time, I want to take all the knowledge from all the books, all the consulting, all the coaching, all the teaching, how to make it happen. And I want to give it away. Uh, But I want to give it away to a small group of people. I'm envisioning somewhere between 20 and 30 people. And uh, what it would entail is uh, we'd come together in one central location for three days. And uh, by the end of three very, very intense days, the people there would become certified to act um, act in my interest to, to, to act as certified by Jason Jennings for speeches, for workshops, for seminars, uh, ho- however they would want to use it. And, uh, and then we'd have an ongoing follow-up program with probably lots of Zoom calls, video conferences, and everything to keep moving people along and helping them achieve the success that they want, want, want to achieve. And so I, I've heard from quite a few people who are saying, count me in, count me in, count me in. And uh, uh, so I I'm, I'm now envisioning that this will take place in the first quarter of 2020, and uh, the price of admission will be free. Uh, you'll have to get yourself to where we're going to do it, and, and, and we'll see where the final lay of the land looks in the geography of everybody. And uh, we might do it in California. We might do it in a central Midwestern uh, Chicago location. Uh, we'll, we'll see. That, that is yet to be determined. However, while it's going to be no cost, because I truly want to give away all the knowledge and, and certify people, uh, the price is going to be high. So there's no cost, but the price will be high. And I've been thinking a little bit about this as to what we could accomplish in three days together. Well, accomplishing everything that needs to get done in three days to give everything about my career away. I mean, um, I, I have to say this very humbly, but during my career, I've generated about $100 million in, in audios, in videos, in books, and in speeches. That's $100 million in today's money. And uh, I, I want to give all the secrets away for how I made that happen as well. And uh, so it's going to be free for the, for the right people. I admission is not guaranteed, but there's going to be a high price to pay. And the high price to pay is this. Uh, you're going to have to have read all, all the books 
and made copious notes in all the books. You're going to have to have made your way through a couple of hundred podcasts and have all of that knowledge. And so you have to come to the party having those things. And if you've got that knowledge, then we're going to spend three very fruitful days and you're going to get what really counts and what it really takes to make one of the most rewarding careers in the world happen. So uh, we'll continue to update this weekly. And the best way to reach out to me is Jason at jason-jennings.com. Just send me an email saying, hey, this sounds intriguing. I'm interested. And here's a couple of paragraphs about me. And I will get back to everybody. Nobody will be dismissed out of hand. Uh, have a little patience. Uh, but th- but that's uh, begin by expressing a, a degree of interest. And so that's that. But I, I was telling you before we started that I have just had a outstanding week and gotten so much done and so many breakthroughs. I mean, it was just a, a remarkable week. And then you started telling me about your week. So tell me about Boss Lift. You started telling me the things you've done this week. And I was thinking, okay, is this guy a storyteller? Is he making this stuff up or what? So, so tell everybody about your week. So we have a large military installation in Boise, Idaho, uh, Air National Guard. Um, army the uh marines have people stationed there and the the folks who who serve their two days a month to you know the, the that standard yes. national guard they want to recognize the employers and have the employers understand what those employees do and go through from a training perspective. So they bring a group of employers in, and I was incredibly fortunate to be part of that group. And we spent two days on the base and we flew in Black Hawk helicopters. Um, I was able to take the stick of an A-10 in a three to $6 million simulator uh, for this A-10. And it was just, it was an amazing experience. Amazing people. I came away with even more respect and gratefulness for those people serving our country, the military and all branches. And it was, it was just a cool, cool event. So. You know, I I have to tell you something. You are just my little Indiana Jones friend. I mean, you really are. I mean, if you're not setting up camp uh, complete with cigars and uh, bourbon or what it is that you drink to go out and kill antelope and feed it to your family (laughs) or uh, driving your motorcycle, I mean, in the hills of the mountains and flying in flight simulators and in Black Hawk helicopters, you just lead a very neat life. I I do I love the adventure. I'm a bit of a junkie for adrenaline. So, it's it's fun. It's fun and I'm incredibly fortunate. So, I guess we both are. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so our topic today is all about financial independence and I love this, abundance. So, why why the topics? Um, so, um, I've never been able to stump you. Anytime I've ever asked you a question, you've always known the answer, but I was thinking a little while ago, I might stump you today. Uh, do you know what the lectionary is? The lectionary, no. Lectionary. Okay. All right. So the lectionary was, okay, I got you. Uh, First time ever, uh, 208 208 episodes. I've never stumped you. So uh, the lectionary is a calendar. The calendar was first created by the Catholic Church about 400 years ago uh, because they did not want parish priests to be allowed to only give sermons or homilies on on those gospels or on those lessons that that there were their favorite lessons or gospels. And so basically uh, the first lectionary was created by the Roman Catholic Church. And it's a 
calendar. And it's a calendar meant to assure that every important gospel lesson and every important first and second lesson in the Bible you're gonna, is going to show up every three years. So theoretically, if you go to church every Sunday for three years, you're going to get through the entire Bible. So the Roman Catholic Church first created the lectionary, then came about the common lectionary, which was adopted by most Protestant denominations, which is very, very close, almost exact to the Roman Catholic lectionary. And then there's a, a revised common lectionary that happened about 30 years ago uh, that was revised to be more inclusive of women who had had a tendency to be excluded. So most pastors and priests don't have an opportunity to pick the Bible story or the Bible verse or the gospel lesson they want to preach about. I mean, it's here it is. Here's the gospel lesson, and that's what you're preaching about, even if it makes you a little bit uncomfortable. So last Sunday, went to church, and uh, Pastor Ron uh, stood up after the gospel after the gospel lesson and said, this is going to be a tough one. And uh, the gospel lesson was that, and I don't care what religion you are, you'll you'll get this gospel lesson. Uh, it's uh, whether you think Jesus was a prophet or whether you think he was the son of God, whatever you think he was. And there's a lot of Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists who listen to this program and some who believe in nothing but are fine people. But it's a, it's a cool parable. It, it's from the book of Luke. And it said, then he told them a parable. Uh, there was once a rich man who, having had a good harvest from his land, thought to himself, what am I to do? I have not enough room to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I will do. I will pull down my barns and build bigger barns and store all of my grain and all of my goods in them. And I will say to my soul, my soul, you have plenty of good things laid by for many years to come. Take things easy, eat, drink, and have a good time. But God said to him, fool, this very night, the demand will be made for your soul. And this hoard of yours, whose will it become then? So it is when someone stores up treasure for himself instead of becoming rich in the eyes of God. And so at the end of church, as I'm walking out of church, Pastor Ron, I gave him a hug and he leaned in and he said, you know, when you live in an area like San Francisco, where a starting house cost a million dollars, this was a darn difficult gospel lesson to talk about. So all this week, I have been thinking about money. I have been thinking about abundance. And so I'd like to define for you the phrase abundance and what it has come to mean to me. What, what it does, it doesn't mean greed. I think greed is a horrible thing. I mean, if you exist only to acquire more, and then you are worshiping some kind of a false god. But abundance means using your money in such a way that it creates joy in the world for you and for other people. And it also means creating a financial balance of inflows and outflows for yourself that allows for a secure future. Abundance doesn't mean that you should have it all. It means that you probably do already have it all. And what I have found uh, in my life, uh, being able to put, place myself in a position of abundance, it means uh, there's no financial stress or worry. Uh, there's great retirement when the day comes. Hopefully that's far off for me. Good health, better health, because you're not worried about money. It means a good marriage. It means choices and development of professional and social life, the freedom to choose. And when you're overburdened by debt, you find yourself trapped. It's relief from anxiety. There's anxiety in owing money. It's increased savings. It's more fun, better financial health, and it's increased security. So I started thinking this week, all right, what does it take for somebody to achieve financial abundance today? Well, here's what I know. Uh, for a long time, financial planners said, if you can save a million dollars by the time you set to retire, you're there. 
Well, I think that's absolutely hogwash uh, anymore uh, because financial planners will also tell you, and I'm not a financial planner, but uh, many financial planners have told me, if you got a million bucks in retirement, uh, if you one, one of you, either you or your husband or you or your wife, are going to live to be 90. You have to plan on living to 90 today. One surviving partner will live to 90. So now, if you got a million dollars, the financial community will say, never take up more than 4% each year. So otherwise you run the risk of running out of money. So if you take out 4% annually, that's going to give you 40,000 bucks. If you live in America, I don't know what it is in other countries. Social security will give you another max of about $30,000 a year. So you'd have a total annual income of 70,000 bucks a year. That is a taxable income. That's a taxable income. So you might end up with 50,000 a year to live on. So that's about $4,000 a month. And I have to tell you something. If you've got $4,000 a month in a major metropolitan area in the United States, you're living on the streets. I mean, there, there is no way to live in a major metropolitan area any longer, live comfortably and abundantly with $4,000 a month. So let me ask you the, a question, Dale. How would you like to have a cool $5 million nest egg? At least. At least, at least. I think the operable number going forward is going to be $5 million. I think that's what you need to plan to plan for as you're looking 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. You're going to have to have a $5 million nest egg. Now, that sounds like a lot of money. And so, you know me, I love numbers. I love to play with numbers. And if they go on the website, they're going to find this chart, but it's an amazing chart. Do you know, Dale, if in your very early 20s, you start saving, $2 a day, $2 a day. And assuming an average annual return that we've had for the past hundred years uh, in markets, uh, you're going to end up with a million bucks. So if $2 a day can give you a million dollars when you want to retire at age 65, what if you started saving $10 a day in your early twenties, you'd end up with $5 million. Now, how hard can it be? I mean, to rustle up, 10 extra dollars a day to deny yourself something to the tune of $10 a day with the promise that at age 65, you're going to have $5 million. But you know, it's it's not only for people in their early 20s. I mean, if you're uh, 30, well, if you're 30, all you'd have to put away is $30 a day, $30 a day, $1,000 a month. I mean, hopefully you're going to be in a position where you could squirrel away $1,000 a month. And if you're 40, you got to put away $100 a day. So anybody can do it. And I, I told you the story once before. I'm not sure if you remember uh, about the most, uh, um, the most influential things that ever happened to me. So let me paint this picture. I was 22 years of age. Had just put a tiny down payment on a small little radio station in Flagstaff, Arizona. Had founded a consulting company. And every Monday, I would start worrying about whether we were going to make payroll on Friday. I mean, money was tight. I come from a very, very modest background. There was no family money that put me into business. It was all definitely a a scramble and savings and and a gamble. So when I was 22, that was my situation. There, There was really not any extra money floating around. It was needed to fund the businesses and grow the businesses. And then something huge happened. In 1978, the mayor of San Francisco uh, and one of the board of supervisors, Harvey Milk and George Moscone, were assassinated in their offices. And within several days um, in the newspapers, it was being reported that Mayor George Moscone, 
who uh, was married to Gina and had four children, did not have any life insurance. Assassinated at 48, four young kids, no life insurance. And to the best of my knowledge, Gina had never worked. And I was so shaken up by that, thinking, is she going to have to rely, I mean, on, on the comfort and assistance of friends and strangers? And I was already in the relationship I'm still in all these years later. And I thought, you know what? I mean, if I was not prepared to support my family, if something happened to me, what a loser I would be. What a loser I would be. And so I immediately called my father, who had a life insurance agency back in Michigan, and I bought a million-dollar life insurance policy. Now, that would be probably be five, six, seven million dollars today, uh, but that's what I did. That was the first thing I did. And the second thing I did the next day is I opened my first retirement account, and I maxed it out every year. And the story I remember telling you is that during my 20s and early 30s, when money was tight and we were funding things and growing things, uh, there were a couple of times you have to make your retirement uh, deposit into your Keogh account or however you're or your SEP IRA or however you're doing it when, when you file your taxes. And there were a number of years when I was not going to be able to pay my taxes on April 15th, plus fund my retirement account. And I'd go to the bank and I'd say the max you could put away based that back then was $30,000 a year uh, for the two people in your household. So 60,000 a household. And I'd go to the bank and I'd say, I need to borrow $30,000 uh, for 90 or 120 days. And they said, what do you need it for? And I said, I need to fund my retirement account. And I said, geez, nobody's ever borrowed money before to fund the retirement account. I said, well, I, I need to put the money in there. Otherwise, the opportunity goes away. And you know you're going to get your money back. So I, always, so I always got that loan. And they always got their money back. But you know what? I truly believe um, if you're a responsible person who cares about your family, um, and if something happened to you, you'd want to provide for them. And if something didn't happen to you, and you lived a merry Old, to a merry old age, you'd want to have this huge nest egg there to assure a comfortable life. And so um, I guess the lessons I want to share today to everybody, and I wish I was talking only to young people, uh, it, the four main messages today would be uh, never be greedy. Never be greedy. Be abundant. Be abundant and generous with your time. Be abundant and generous with your talents. Be as abundant and generous with your financial assistance as you can, as long as you are taking sufficient care of yourself that your inflows and outgoes are going to be assured as long as you're around. Number two, So don't be greedy, but be abundant. Number two, that requires significant savings. Number three, the younger you are, the more pain-free it is. I can honestly tell you, or Frank, I don't like when people say that. That means that everything else they say is dishonest. But, but I can frankly tell you um, that saving money has, has never been a problem. I've, I've never felt like I was being denied. We just adjusted things uh, at the house to allow the maximum contributions. And the other thing I want to share is this. Start whatever age you are. I mean, if you can't start at 20, start at 25. If you can't start at 25, start at 30. If you can't start at 30, start at 35. If you can't start at 35, start at 40. But start immediately. Start at whatever age you are. And so that's my thought on um, wealth. That's my thought on abundance. That's what motivated me. And I guess everybody will have to search inside themselves and ask themselves what's important to them. But I always knew that there was nothing more important to me than my family and protecting my family in case something happened to me 
and assuring myself that if I was lucky enough uh, to live to a very old age, I was not going to have to worry about money. Mm. That's interesting. I just had this conversation with our 16-year-old daughter. We were talking about the fact that she's starting to earn money, she's out working, and if she would just start a habit. Yep. And I challenged her and um, and we've worked to have these conversations because when you say that the younger you are, the more pain-free it is, that is yeah. so true. And the more you can automate it, yep. better. So yep. I'm sure you found that as well. Oh, yeah. Just just have it take it out of your paycheck or just make it an automatic transfer, I mean, from your checking account every month. And, and, and for a couple of months, you might feel pinched. And then guess what? It just like everything else in life, it truly becomes uh, a, a, a great habit because I wish nothing for everybody that they can achieve their full potential and live a life of abundance. But I'll tell you, it does not happen like magic. It Mm. doesn't happen magically. I mean, you are responsible for your own life and the lives of your family and for your family being able to achieve their full potential. And uh, you got to get your priorities straight on this one. So, uh, so those are my thoughts, all inspired by, uh, by a sermon I heard uh, last week in church. So if no one cares for you the way you care for you and your future, where are some good places to go to get educated, to stay up to speed? Because I think it's each of our responsibilities to know at least basic investment tools, smart ways to handle money. So where are some where are some of those places that you've gone to get that information? So uh, in my case, um, I, I hate to make this admission, uh, but in my case, I knew what the answer was. Uh, I knew the answer was to find a good financial planner uh, because I knew I was going to spend my life making money, taking advantage of opportunities, and I knew that I was not going to be able to run a parallel career uh, as an investor uh, or as a better or, or gambling on something. I'm very adverse to gambling and uh, interviewed, this is like 30 years ago. So I, I, I started with a brokerage account, a brokerage retirement account at, at then Merrill Lynch. And uh, thankfully the broker was a, a pretty good one, but, but it must be more than 30 years ago now, uh, I began interviewing financial planners and uh, I was struck by one financial planner, Bruce Ritter, I mean, who in, Cal- in California, San Rafael, California, who continues to handle the family right now. And what I liked about him is he interviewed uh, both of us separately. No, he talked to both of us together and uh, for about an hour. And then he interviewed each of us individually for about a half hour, 45 minutes. And then he brought us back together again. And he said, my Lord, he said, for a couple of young people, he said, I've never seen such conservative people in my life. And I said, well, you have to understand, we work so hard for our money that the thought of losing money, I mean, I I would get sick. I would be worried sick overnight, which is why I do not want to be in playing the market and betting on hot stocks. And so 20, almost 30 years ago, we came up with an investment plan where we were targeting uh, inflation plus 2%. And... um, so if inflation was running uh, three or four percent, then we were happy earning five or six percent. Uh, but we wanted to minimize our losses during the inevitable decl- downturns in the economy. Now, I think over all of those years, I think that uh, Bruce has probably managed a double digit return. Uh, but I do remember that during the last uh, uh, the Great Recession of 2008, 2009, when most people I know got wiped out, we were very marginally down. 
And so everybody has to, and the younger you are, the more risk you can take. Um, but I just always knew I would be committed to bringing in the cash, to working very hard to provide financially for my family, but I wanted somebody else to help me. And so after interviewing a number of financial planners, uh, we landed on him and I just spoke with him yesterday and we were trying to figure out exactly how many years we've been together. And I mean, that's, that's how long it's been. So I don't have the knowledge to tell people how to invest. Um, never, never suggested that I do. I, I think uh, people should have some professional help because I know too many people who are constantly betting on hot tips and uh, once in a while win, but more often than not lose. Choose and, wisely. And, and choose wisely. And, and, and if you, you're in a broad mix of mutual funds, you're invested in everything anyway. Yep. Cool. So I remember over the years telling him, telling Bruce, I want to be an Apple. He said, you're an Apple. I said, well, I want to be in this. You're in that. As a result of the mutual funds you're in, you're in all of those things. And in, <laughs> and in fact, if you, and if you look at all of the stock indexes, if you look at the Wilshire, if you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, if you look at the Russell, uh, if, you, if, you, if you look at uh, uh, this, uh, the S&P, I mean, um, you know, th- those, those are all broadly based investments where you're invested in everything. I mean, the dollar that you invest is probably spread over a couple of hundred companies. Uh, and if, if you take a look at what they've done over the last 40 years or 50 years, uh, a remarkable performance. You're going to have some ups and downs, but a remarkable performance. So for, for me, the answer was, listen, that's not to say I've never invested in other things besides that. Uh, I, I, I have. But the bulk of our money uh, has been invested uh, by a financial, a conservative financial planner executing a plan that we built in accordance with how much risk we were prepared to take. That's awesome. So every week you leave us with inspiration, a quote, a thought. What is it this week? Well, sometimes I go looking because uh, I know you're going to ask. Uh, sometimes uh, I'll just have something on the tip of my tongue. And, uh, and if it comes from somebody else, uh, I always tell you who it came from. Uh, but today, this one really comes to me and, or comes from me. And it's uh, maybe I guess it's, it's the way I, I, I've not lived a perfect life, but I, I, I've worked hard to live the best life. And I would sum it up this way. As you meet the needs of others, you will never want for anything. Mm. So if you spend your life, we just talked about this, helping other people get where they want to be and what they want, you're going to be well taken care of. Absolutely. Good words. Great idea to go out and find a way to help meet the needs of others this week. While you're out there, if you would do us a huge favor, subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so already so that uh, you get the new episode each and every week. It's easy to do in your favorite podcast player while you are there, be sure, and leave us a review and a rating. Hopefully, we've earned those five stars from you, a sentence or two about how this podcast impacts your life would be appreciated. And Jason's email address, he'd love to hear from you. Jason at jason-jennings.com is how to find him. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website. It's jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled and abundant people to their full potential. 
You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.